Hey, it's Tori, and before we get to today's show, I just wanted to acknowledge that there's a lot happening in the world right now that may be impacting you directly or indirectly. And I know that all the petty betties are socially and politically engaged outside of the pod. I see it every day, but I wanted to also say that this is a space where we can decompress and laugh and talk about shit that is sometimes important, but in the grand scheme of things, not so important. I know I have an international audience that spans many countries, and I know it can also feel a bit helpless being so far away, but something that has really helped me in these kinds of times is to highlight care and support in our own communities where we live and staying aware for yours and others' safety and well-being. Community support is more essential than ever, and it's up to us to take care of each other. So know that you can always reach out to me in my DMs to chat, and I truly hope that you all take care. Now let's get to the show. A Playlist Original It's your host, Tori, and who is ready to be petty? Welcome back to another episode of RTBP. I am so glad you're here. And today we are going to talk about our girl, Miss Taylor Allison Swift, because she has had a big week. I'm going to give a movie trailer update. We're going to talk about the reunion of Ashanti and Nelly. And then I'm going to nominate my Pettyweight Champion of the Week and share my This Week in Petty story. So let's get into it. Last week, Taylor attended her third game watching the Kansas City Chiefs play with literally insert football team here. And she was sitting next to none other than Donna Kelsey, Travis Kelsey's mom, and Brittany Mahomes with her her tight curls. And I think things are really heating up between Taylor and Travis. So they slept over at his Kansas City residence. And I saw some really funny jokes online because allegedly the house is only worth 900k. I don't know. Fact check me on that one. But I do think it's a little weird that we are getting into the weeds of where they're sleeping. But... The nosy Nelly in me looked at all the pictures. And ahead of the game, a TMZ article came out, presumably sent in by Taylor Swift's publicist, Tree Payne, um, about her attending the game. So, and her being in Kansas City. So this is super, super interesting. It's just such a different time between like her relationship with Joe, um, I'm still kind of here for it. I'm getting a little tired of talking about it. But then like, I say that. And then once I start talking about it, like I just cannot stop. So she had a premiere for the Eras Tour movie, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit. But he didn't go to that. Allegedly, he sent her a $2,500 like bouquet. I was like, also like, how would we know that unless Tree sent that in? So like, It's either true and they wanted everyone to know that or someone just like straight up like made that up. And she also didn't go to his birthday, which I thought was interesting. But then I was thinking if I did just start dating someone, I feel like going to their birthday is a big deal. But then again, she's hanging out with his mom. So I don't know where they are at in this relationship, just like casually dating or is this like 
you know, six months in, like, Cam, from what I will say, is, like, speculating. They had a huge fucking weekend, though, because they both attended SNL. I thought this was very cute because Taylor is friends with Ice Spice, and I know there's been a lot of controversy around her maybe using her friendship with Ice Spice to make the public forget about her relationship or friendship or whatever that was with Maddie Healy, but her showing up to big, like, ordeals like this for Ice Spice, I think is a sign of a true friend, so I really, really did like that. And SNL was funny this week. I'm not a huge sketch comedy girl. There are definitely, like, some SNL sketches that are, like, so funny and iconic and stuff like that. But I don't watch on, like, a weekly basis like my parents do. But I have to say, it was a really good episode. I watched a few of the sketches on TikTok. And I was LOLing. Obviously, Pete Davidson is just a natural host because he was on the show for so long. Like, almost 10 years. Um, And he had some really good sketches like I'm just Ken but I'm just Pete. There was one where he was a news reporter wearing the Eras Tour blue sweater and he was reporting on the Kansas City Chiefs and everyone was you know big Swifties with their Taylor cams but one of the reporters news reporters wanted to talk football and everyone just wanted to talk Taylor. So it was it was good. I I would say it was very high caliber. You could tell that instead of, you know, writing the skit that week, like they have to, they had, you know, all summer to plan. You can definitely tell. And then fucking Pete Davidson hard launched his relationship with Madison Klein, which it's like, of course, of course, that's the person he dates next after Chase Suey wonders. Like that just makes so much sense. She's a, I would say, up-and-coming actress. She's obviously most known for Outer Banks, but I'm sure that she will have a lot of people knocking on her door to get her in, you know, upcoming TV and movie roles. I think they're super cute. I think it makes a lot of sense. And, like, he's just, like, a serial dater with the It Girls. He obviously has the charm and charisma that, you know, people are just attracted to. But, like, if I was Madison, though, I would say, like, I would be, like, okay, but, like, and now I'm, like, your 10th girlfriend. But it's, like, you just dated Kim Kardashian. Like, I don't know. I would be so conflicted. But Madison Klein's ex, Chase Stokes, is in a very, very public relationship with Kelsey Ballerini, the country singer. So it's, like, I feel like I would need to do something too and obviously Pete Davidson is gonna get all of the tabloids. So back to little Pete Davidson interlude, back to Taylor and Travis. I was so close to saying Joe. They went to New York Nobu which I think is the original Nobu and I was really interested in that because of course in LA if you want to be photographed you go to Nobu Malibu so I'm assuming it's the same in New York. And when Travis and Taylor get out of the car, you can see that her lipstick, her iconic red lip, and the foundation on her, like, upper lip is smudged. And if you zoom into his mustache, you can see a little bit of red. So I'm assuming they were making out in the car before they went out to dinner, 
which I thought, I don't know, like, I think it's kind of sweet. Like, I'm, I'm really smitten with this couple. Probably just as smitten as they are for each other. God, my life is so sad. And then <laughs> we saw him, like, we saw his, their security guard or driver or whatever go to open the door to get Taylor out. And he pats him on the back and then opens the door for her, then puts his hand out to take her out of the car and then grabs her waist to stop her so he can shut the door and then they can walk hand in hand. And when I tell you that A, the way that I just described it, B, the way that it played out was so romance novel, like you you just couldn't fucking write it yourself. Like it's just... I, I bet there's so much shit on Wattpad right now, but, like, it just, it was all the romance novels that I read in real life. It was definitely for the female gaze, defo. It was so sweet. It was, it was very, very cute. And I have analyzed those videos, like, a hundred trillion times. She was wearing huge heels. She looked so good. They looked at ease. He looked good. I'm just, I'm fucking stoked on them. And I'm sorry if you're not. I'm sorry if you are feeling like she's overexposed. But, like, I'm I'm down the rabbit hole. I'm in my, like, twilight hole, my outlander hole. Like, the, those things that you just fall into and you just cannot get out of. E! News posted an Instagram post about the couple. And Katy Perry commented on it and said, I ship. So, obviously, like... It has Katie's stamp of approval. <laughs> they were also out on Sunday night. Taylor was very looking very much like the Lizzie McGuire reboot outfit. And yeah, I'm just stoked to get all of this content. It's made me very, very happy. This weekend, I also went and saw the Eras Tour movie. At Becca Boo 1126 asks, Taylor Swift Eras movie, are you going? When I asked the listeners what I should talk about this week. Also, if you're not following me, because I know a lot of you aren't, at RTBP Podcast. <laughs> but she asked, are you going? Yes, Becca. I went. I had the a blast. I went with Kirsten McKinnis from Mess Magnets. Uh, she's also a podcast collective member. And we had so much fun. There was lots of singing and dancing it wasn't too, too chaotic like I've seen other ones. My sisters also went this weekend and literally there was the girls in a circle mirroring the Willow girl, like ladies, very witchy, cult-like. I thought that was really fun, but there was, yeah, like a kind of like a mosh pit happening, but I didn't find it too, too disruptive. There was no popcorn buckets when we got there. Kirsten got a cup. I was like, hey, I'm still financially suffering from buying an Eras <laughs> Tour t-shirt. So I'm going to sit this one out. But I was really shocked that the popcorn buckets were sold out because it was day three. And I was like, why didn't you like, you know, do like, okay, we have 600 buckets. We'll do 200, 200 or like 100 each day or like. I don't know, something like that. But I was like, of course, the Swifties sold those out so quick. There was like a tiny sign that was the tour poster. So we got a picture in front of that. I posted it on Insta. And 
there was people giving out friendship bracelets and a lot of people, I would say 99% of the people were dressed up. Um, it was really fun. I loved singing. I wasn't like down on the mosh pit with the girls. If I had like one or two drinks though, I definitely would have been, but I was sobs my gobs. Um, it just gives you such a good view and it really just shows her good singing, her good dancing. One of the highlights that I really did not think that I would experience from going to this movie was seeing the dancers. Okay, so there's like the hottest fucking men dancers. Like there's the man that's like her boyfriend and tolerated who also does the um, style runway walk a la Carly Kloss who's stunning and then there's another dancer who she does like get it off my chest get it off my desk and like gestures to his body who like I was blushing when he was on screen like it was it was absurd so that was like an unexpected benefit and I kind of didn't realize this beforehand which is dumb but like I just realized that this is so many people's like, only chance to really experience, you know, as close as they can get to the real Eras tour. And especially living in Victoria, BC, and if you don't know, that's on the west coast of Canada, the closest show was Seattle and then literally nothing else (laughs) because Toronto is, like, a four- to five-hour flight and very expensive, like, I don't know, like, 700 bucks for tickets or something like that, like, for flights. So we didn't really have a lot of options. And so I just realized that in my neck of the woods, not a lot of people got the chance to go. So it was a lot of little kids who obviously it's like, well, yeah, if you have to take your kid and then you can't just buy them a ticket, like you have to buy an adult a ticket. So that gets expensive and then you have to drive them down. That's a whole weekend. It's just a lot. So I I get why people weren't able to go here and I was just stoked to be able to experience that with them. Her surprise songs were You're On Your Own Kid and Our Song, which I loved and it makes so much sense of why she would want to memorialize these songs in her documentary because Our Song I feel like is her first hit. Maybe I don't know why I said I feel it is her first hit and then You're On Your Own Kid is her fifth track off of Midnight. She hadn't performed it in the Eras tour yet, even though she had, but you know, like to be memorialized. So it just makes so much sense. And that was really, really fun to watch. They cut a few songs if you haven't been keeping up because the the concert, I believe, is three and a half hours long and the running movie time was two hours and 50 minutes. So they cut The Archer, which I'm really sad because I love that song It was one of my favorites in, you know, like performances because it's just her on the stage. Um, She, of course, does her big bow and arrow like dance move, which Travis Kelsey does. So I was like, oh, my God, I wish you kept that. And then she caught Nobody, No Crime, which I also get like I she clearly like didn't want any other performers there. I don't know if that's just because, again, she wants just like the classic heiress tour, so no Phoebe Bridgers, no Heim, or is it because she doesn't want to pay them? <laughs> like, 
honestly, with Taylor, it's a toss-up of which one it is. And then Long Live was moved to the credits, which I thought was totally fine, even though I know that a lot of people like that one in concerts. But I think, like, it's been at every single one of her concerts. I feel like it's on all of her set lists, so I feel like that one's fair to move. She also did Wildest Dreams. Like, she cut that one. I was really surprised at that because 1989 is coming. So I really thought that they would keep that. Like how they added Long Live in for the Speak Now Taylor's version era. It just would make sense to like hype up 1989. Then they cut Cardigan. Also shocked because Cardigan is like, wasn't that her, was that her first song? Question mark because I'm such a fake fan off of folklore like I don't know it just uh, it's so iconic for and so integral to folklore like you have the cardigans so many people were wearing the cardigans like it just that didn't make sense to me I was like couldn't you cut it for something else like like tolerate it or something like that but then I was like well tolerate it has like the performance element where wildest dreams was just her on stage so maybe that's why they thought they should cut it and then they cut the seven transition so as I've discussed fucking tons on this podcast she does the seven like the first two stanzas as a spoken word poem and I think it's a lot of like cheese ball energy and and so I'm I was fine that she cut it But then I'm like, oh, but like you want it to be true. So you just like true to the concert. So you kind of want everything to be there. But I'm sure the biggest reason she had to cut things was just because of time. You can't just have three and a half hours. But then I'm like, but isn't that like the only like movie people are going to right now? So like, don't you want to just fill theaters? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Please let me know. My second theory outside of time is that she will move this to streaming, um, probably Disney Plus like she did the Long Pond Sessions, maybe Netflix like she did Miss Americana, but probably Disney Plus, and then have the extended version that includes all of this, and people will, you know, pay more money because it's like, okay, well, we saw that one in theaters, but if we want the extended cut, I'll buy a Disney Plus subscription. So that's kind of my next theory. And then two other things I wanted to say... I'm just so stoked for movie theater workers that they have the Barbie movie and this because I just think like it must have, I talked about this with my sister on the phone the other day, but like it must have been so sad. Like if you're a manager or something like that at a movie theater and you, you know, work there your whole life and stuff and like you just slowly see this decline and disinterest in going to the movies And then to have stuff like Barbie and Oppenheimer and the Eras Tour, like, and then Renaissance, like, and all of these big movies that are coming out, which we're going to talk about next, I just think it would be so fun. Like, there was um, a worker that was letting us into the theater that had friendship bracelets and that addressed the crowd before the show started. And everyone I talked to, like, in the concession lineup and stuff like that, we were so nice. And I just feel like it would feel so good to, you know, like, have movie theaters, like, lively again. 
Um, you know that I'm a big hater on movie theaters. I like hate not being able to be on my phone and not be able to talk. Not that I want to talk through a whole movie, but I do want to like, you know, be like, oh my God, like that wig or like, like I, I want to say like a sly comment ever, every once in a while. Fucking sue me. But it's like, I kind of was having fun. I put on like a full face of makeup. Like I was <laughs> going to the movies like in grade nine or whatever, where it's like, that's where you like turn up. <laughs> but like, I don't know. I I had a good time. I went to the grocery store before, stuffed a, a canvas tote full of snackies. And yeah, I, I had a great time. I want to say Defo, the loser of this weekend, though, is Taylor Lautner. And it's just getting so sad. He was at an Eras tour premiere. I don't even know if it was like the one, like the one that Taylor was at. <laughs> I think it was just maybe a random one. But he was like doing backflips and stuff at the front. And I was just, I got sad for him. I'm just, I, I want him to get another role in a movie so he can stop like clinging to this and like the I can see you music video and coming out in the Eras tour that's fun that's a moment that's history showing up and doing backflips to like a bunch of teen girls on like while they like film a TikTok is is getting sad like it, it's I don't know so give that man a, a fucking role speaking of movies Let's chat about two movie trailers, Anyone But You and Mean Girls. At two underscore sense critic, aka Arthur, one of our previous guests and a frequent collaborator of mine, asks the sneak peek we just got of Anyone But You. Will you talk about it? Of course I will. So this was the very controversial movie that Sydney Sweeney and Glenn Powell were filming um, in the UK and a little bit in Sydney, Australia, because that's where the movie takes place. But they were embroiled in a scandal, basically saying that they were cheating on Glenn's longtime girlfriend and Sydney's fiance. And there was all these TikToks made of their flirty behavior and in interviews and, you know, dissecting quotes and all of this stuff. And to my knowledge, that has come up to be like a farce. I defo think like they might have had a crush on each other or like were intrigued by each other or got caught up in the movie stuff. But as far as I'm concerned, did they take it to like cheating? I don't know. I'm still kind of on the fence about that because outside of some flirty interviews, like we don't really have any evidence. I don't even think we have people like on set talking about like that they were like fucking in their movie trailer. But it got the movie a lot of hype and the first trailer came out. The music giving Euphoria ripoff and slash horror movie. It was not like this is a fucking rom-com. It's an enemies to lover rom-com. Why is the music giving Saw 5? Like I was I, I was immediately turned off by that because I was like if you're not going to score this properly as a rom-com, like, that's a huge red flag. Rom-com music is essential to the essence of a romantic comedy. And I don't know. I, I just, I didn't like that vibe. We see the scene where they're standing on, like, a sailboat or whatever. 
Um, this again was very heavily photographed and dissected. Um, and Sydney's character is proposing to Glenn's character that they do some type of fake dating. Again, two romance novel tropes that I really like, that being enemies to lovers and fake dating. Um, she is like, why don't we fake date? And he's like, well, we hate each other. She like rubs his like chest and like looks into his eyes and she was like convincing enough. And I was like, this isn't good acting. Like I was like, I actually don't think that was good acting at all. Like I think she's a good actor. Like I've watched Euphoria and stuff like that, but like it was not the take. I, I hope there was other takes, but those I guess were left on the cutting room floor, floor and I think that was a artistic mistake. I will probably watch this. Defo, not in theaters. Sorry, I'm a fucking hypocrite. <laughs> but I will watch it when it comes on streaming. I really want to see like the views of Sydney, Australia. I really want to go there. I want to see if I can, you know, analyze their their behavior, their chemistry, so I can like, you know, figure out if they really did have sex or not. <laughs> Like, I think we thought this was Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and it just isn't. Like, it's so funny. And lastly, I love Dermot Mulroney. He is my forever love from my best friend's wedding. So I will be watching it. But as I said, when it comes to streaming. The next movie trailer I want to discuss is Mean Girls, which I've been calling, I'm pretty sure just Mean Girls, like, brackets 2024 when you're differentiating it but I've been calling it Mean Girls the musical the movie like High School Musical the musical the series and I think that's really funny okay but I literally got fucking chills when Renee Rapp who is one of the most beautiful women like in the scene right now goes get in loser and like her hair whips around I, I was like, I want her to bully me. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's just, she's Regina. And if people don't know, she plays Regina George in this movie adaptation of the Broadway musical, but she also played Regina George. She wasn't OG cast, but she played, um, the part of Regina from 2019 to when it closed due to COVID in 2020. Um, so it's like, she knows this part. She won uh, an award, like a, not a Tony, but some other musical theater award. And like her voice is just stunning. I think it's really good, like in her new album, Snow Angel, but I really think it shines in these Broadway songs. Uh, so I'm very excited for that. Sad for Sex Lives of College Girls. It seems like she's coming back as a reoccurring character instead of main cast. And that is a really big loss for the TV show. I'm interested to hear what you all think. I think the costuming of the movie is getting a little bit of flack online. So it's very like 2000 and, 2023, 2023, because they're going for like cargo pants and like mesh tops and stuff like that. And people are saying, no, we want the like a little bit dramatic tank top with the leather mini skirt and stuff like that. Very femme. Um, I'm just curious 
Would you prefer the movie to be in clothes that are trendy today or do you want them to go with kind of the classics when the movie came out, you know, 20 years ago? So I'm I'm curious about that. I don't mind it. It doesn't take me out of it. I do worry that trends move so fast nowadays that when this comes out in January, maybe it already dates the movie. Um, but I didn't really have a problem with it per se. We get Tina Fey back as Miss Norberry and Tim Meadows as the principal. So I think that's really fun. And the other cast members that are notice- notable are Chris Briney, who plays obviously Conrad Fisher in The Summer I Turn Pretty. I am so excited for him to have another role that's not TSITP. I think it'll be really fun to see him act in something different. And him and Renee are really good friends. So I just think that's fun too. Aaron Samuels though is such a like, you know, hot shot football player that I'm just like, is that him? He's kind of to me like alt kid. I guess Conrad's a, a football player too, but I don't know. He seems kind of like a, a studious, like kind of nerdy kid. Uh, so we'll see how he does in this role. We also get Ashley Park from, she is from the original cast. She plays Gretchen Wieners, uh, on the Broadway musical. You probably know her if you're not a big Broadway head as Emily's best friend, Mindy in Emily in Paris. Um, but she's coming back as like, it looks like a teacher in this movie. And I'm like, you're doing her so fucking dirty. Like, if, you know, Renee is Regina, why couldn't have Ashley been Gretchen? And it could have been time commitment. She's probably filming season four of Emily in Paris. But I was like, oh my God, you're doing her so dirty. And she has such a good voice. And she looks the age of the cast. So that was kind of confusing to me. But we'll see how that plays out. And then the biggest thing I really wanted to talk about my own little conspiracy theory, but Lindsay Lohan, Lacey Chabert, and Amanda Seyfried were seen on set. And I am assuming they are doing press. Allegedly, Lindsay got them all bracelets from Tiffany's with a pink heart, which I thought was so cute. R.I.P. Rachel McAdams, where where are you at, girl? Like, I don't think you're you're big enough to, like, miss this, even though she's my Canadian queen. Like, I don't think you're like booked and busy per se. So like I wish you were there too to fill out the plastics. But they're doing press but we haven't seen any of it. And it's giving to loop all the way back to the beginning of this High School Musical, the musical, the series, when Vanessa and Sock were seen at <laughs> East High in Salt Lake City, yet we saw no actual press done by them or no cameos or anything. So I am so confused. Like, what happened? What happened with Zach and Vanessa? What happened with Lindsay, Lacey, and Amanda? If you know, please fill me in. Okay, let's move on to our last story. Ashanti and Nelly. I am so stoked on this couple Please don't ruin it for me if, if one of them is bad. I love Ashanti so much. 
Her songs never get old. She's such a queen. And she dated Nelly for a really long time, about 10 years, but they broke up around 10 years ago, which is nuts. But this past spring, they were sparking rumors of reconciliation when they were in Vegas. And then they were spotted like a few more times over the last couple months. And they even performed Body on Me, which is a song that they did back in the day, I think 2008, at one of Ashanti's shows. And then a few weeks ago, two to be exact, Nelly confirmed that they were dating um, and that they were back together. He said, I think it surprised both of us though. It wasn't anything that was like, I don't think planned, but sometimes being separate, you understand one another more where you could be like, well, yo, let's (laughs) me saying that, LOL. Let me exactly see maybe what they see. Because, you know, we can all be defensive sometimes in our own relationships and we know we're wrong, but we're going to stand on it. And I was like, that's so interesting. Maybe Ashanti was saying, hey, I need you to be better in this way, this way, and this way, or we can't date. He got defensive. They broke up. But then he was like, no, like I've matured, I've aged, and I've learned. And now we can rekindle our relationship. So Ashanti went to the VMAs um, that was also a few weeks ago and she wasn't with Nelly, but she had a clutch and it had a picture of them from two decades ago, from fucking 20 years ago. Um, It was from the VMAs in 2003, literally 20 years ago. So I thought that was very, very cute. And I'm... I'm so into this couple. I I think they're really cute together and I want new music. Please give us some new music. Okay, let's move on to Pettyweight Champion of the Week. This is the part of the show where I'm going to nominate a Pettyweight Champion of the Week, someone in the media who did something petty and it was iconic. I am nominating Olivia Rodrigo this week. She was performing with Dan Nigro at the Ace Hotel on October 9th. She did something, I think, pretty petty. So Dan was on the piano, Olivia was singing, and they were discussing her song, Teenage Dream, which is the last track of her new album, Guts. And Dan was saying that her kid, and Dan was saying that his kid, Sersha, is on the song, but they didn't credit her. And Olivia goes, uh-oh, gonna have some issues there. She kind of gives like a cheeky little smile, like looks at Dan, looks down at the ground, giggles awkwardly. And obviously we know that this is like a direct, probably the most direct comment we're going to get from her, to be honest, about the whole debacle with Paramore and Taylor Swift um, and the writing credits on Sour. So I thought this was petty just because... Dan obviously didn't have to bring it up. He could have just said, you know, Sersha was on the song and love that. Love including my family in, you know, one of my great product, like projects of my career or something like that. But he had to say that they didn't credit her. So I thought that was VVV interesting. There's also a clip from Olivia Rodrigo continuing her little pettyweight champ streak here where she is at a Megan Mulroney concert and she surprisingly does a cover of We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together. And 
obviously people <laughs> turned their videos to Olivia who was like in the crowd on the balcony she doesn't sing a goddamn word of that song and I will say knowing now from the Eras tour movie and the concert that every single person in the world knows the lyrics to that song um you might think well okay maybe she was singing to none of the songs but apparently people were saying that she was singing to all of them and then just stopped for that one so those two moves are why I think she should be nominated for Pettyweight Champion of the Week. And finally, it's time for This Week in Petty, where I'm going to share a story about something that happened in my real life that I'm petty about. So this week, two of my lovely friends, Allie and Johnny, are getting married this November. And me and two other friends, I guess I'll just name them because... It, I don't know. I hope that's okay. Teddy, he's been a previous guest. And Jen went to Mexico with her this spring, went to Maine with her last year. So she's probably come up on this podcast before. But we all know each other through Online Survivor. And they're getting married and we wanted to send them a gift. We all live in different parts of the U.S. and Canada. So we went on their registry and, like, we needed to ship it right to their house, right? Like, we aren't picking it up, wrapping it, and bringing it to their house or their wedding or whatever. And so we go and we pick, spoiler alert if Johnny is listening to this, but we picked um, some board games out. And we thought this was fun because we all like board games. We came together over a game. We thought this was, you know, fitting for all of us. But by the time we rolled around to like actually buying the gift a week later, those had already been purchased. So we were like, okay, let's just clear out a row. And so we're like, okay, this row equals 100 bucks, which is what we want to pay, split between the three of us. I can't believe I'm just airing all my dirty laundry. <laughs> um, we're like, okay, that's what we want to pay for all of us. So we'll just buy this row. We're like, okay, it's like two pillows, these bear claws, <laughs> this apple slicer, and one other thing, I think maybe one of the games that equals a hundred bucks. That's perfect. So first off, we're looking at this row and we're like, okay, we picked the games for a reason. What are these items? This bear claws? <laughs> Teddy and I thought they were like some equipment that you would use in a fight. We we're like, what is this? And Jen goes, those are for pulled meats. I was like, Okay, <laughs> Teddy goes, ever heard of a knife not to put, <laughs> now I feel like I'm putting Johnny and Allie on blast. And like, no, this makes perfect sense. It makes like a very tedious task, probably so simple, but we were LOLing so hard. So Jen goes to buy all five of these items and she first just clicks the bear claw meat pullers and she just tests it out. She goes like, um, buy or whatever. And it keeps being like, we'll ship it to your house. And we're like, okay, we're not going to the wedding. Jen lives in Canada. Johnny lives in the US. Like this can't come to my house. We need to ship it directly to them. So we're just like, okay, scrap this. We're just going to put our money towards their house fund, which is also on the registry. We're like that. This is perfect. So <laughs> we go, we put money down on their registry. We call it a name. In the morning, we get a text message from Johnny and it goes, 
hey, Jen, thanks for the meat roller and the apple slicer. And she's like, what? And apparently when she had clicked those items and went to like the shopping cart, it reserved them so no one else could buy them. And so it notifies them that like someone has reserved this item. And we're like, no, 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 no. We're not just buying you an apple slicer and two bear claw meat pullers. We do want to donate to your house fund. Not get this like tiddly wink of a gift. So it was just so funny. We were laughing so hard. Um, Teddy was like, are you... Is he going to kill the animal first and then use these these bear claws? Like, what what is this gimmick? And then it only, like, reserving this one $14 item and then them being the generous, lovely people that they are still being stoked on that. It was too, too funny. So that's my This Week in Petty. I am petty about attempting to do a <laughs> kind gesture for two lovely people and just like really getting fucked over by this registry website holy shit okay friends that's all from me today thank you so much for listening I want to remind you that it is almost RTBP's fifth year anniversary and every year I do a anniversary episode where I pull clips from the entirety of the year so this year it'll be Halloween 2022 to present day. If you had a guest that you liked, a funny moment, a funny story, or anything like that, DM me at RTBB podcast and I will pull it for the show and we can reminisce and laugh and cry and have a really good time. If you want more ready to be petty, this week I have Emps at EmpsMD, who's also a member of the podcast collective. And we are talking about celebrities with veneers. And then next week, I have Shannon from Fluently Forward on talking about the Willis children. So Bruce Willis and Demi Moore's kids. And the week after that, I have Cam from What I Will Say and Kirsten McInnes from Mess Magnets on to rank fandom names. It's going to be super, super fun. I also want to shout out my patrons this week, Julia R. and Kimberly P., Julia, you bring so much to our little Discord community. I love how you always are updating me on the shows that you're watching. And so I just appreciate you both so much for supporting the show and this little operation and my content. I really, really am grateful. And of course, if you want more, follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at RTBP Podcast for daily updates in the pop culture sphere. I hope you are safe and healthy out there. As always, I'm your host, Tori, and I'm ready to be petty. See you soon. Bye.